Hello, and welcome to the Alt Left. Welcome back, everyone, to episode 47 of the Alt Left. Now, covered a good one this week, although it hasn't been the most talked about news. Uh, Labor is making a comeback, man. Uh, the strikes are on, workers are getting organized, and bourgeois excuses aren't holding water. Uh, today, we're going to be covering the many strikes happening across the nation in this rekindling of the American labor movement. So, you know, join me. I'm your host, Chris, my arm candy, Matthew Jumbo Johnson, and the right Reverend Dr. K for a celebration in all things worker. So uh, get your marching shoes on, grab a picket sign, and hail Satan. This party's just getting started, right? Happy to be here, sugar. Uh, I currently am on strike. We will not be editing this podcast, just so you know. Oh, then I'm out of here. All right, cue the music. Dun, 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 dun. No, 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 no editing, no. remember? Oh, no that's music. Right. That's right. You, well, that's why I was making my own. Oh, got it. We're going acapella. This is, this is now an Amish cast. An don't Amish I, cast? Why do they have to be how, Amish? Because we're not using edit, computer editing. Now, I don't know how it's going to get on their ears, but I'm hoping quantum uh, teleportation will allow it. Brought to you I'll by the fine people that brought to you um, Quantum Massage. Try that uh, one. It's Dr. K's Quantum Massage. It's Dr. Uh, K's we are Quantum st- Massage. Oh, pardon me. Dr. K's Quantum Massage. We are still running that special. Yeah, uh, you pay full price and uh, you get the second one for, uh, for full price. Matt, Matt's too busy eating an ice cream sandwich and coloring with crayons to do the real science that Dr. K and I are doing. That is Speculative that is also true. of science. <laughs> I, I'm in full support of Dr. K's Quantum Massage. And what's wrong with enjoying a nice ice cream sandwich? <laughs> I'm just a little jelly, to be honest. No, it was ice cream. Yeah. Um, so for, yeah, anybody who's who's not in the know, um, I don't know where you've been living, but yeah, there are strikes happening all over the country. Um, breaking it down for the top ones. So in March, 800 nurses at St. Vincent Hospital in Massachusetts went on strike. Uh, in April, 1,100 coal miners in Alabama went on strike. Now, both these groups are still on strike, by the way. Uh, in July, Frito-Lay, huge company, uh, factory workers went on strike, um, and then they were followed in August by their union siblings at Nabisco factories. And then this month, um, those who work at Kellogg factories have now gone on strike. And the newest one that's really been in the news, which I'm pumped mm, about, me too. Uh, l- last week, 10,000 John Deere workers went on strike. Oh, and yeah. uh, 60,000 film and television workers in the union IATSE went to the very precipice of the most massive strike of all. It, they, they came right to the head and they actually got their demands met because they're a humongous union. And interspersed in these, there have been hundreds of their mini strikes or near strikes from healthcare workers to factory workers to university workers. But it's going on right now uh, all over the place. Wait, Chris, are you, are you telling me that workers that stand united actually have all the power and it's the uh, corporate asshats that really uh, are the slaves? Unfortunately, not much anymore, actually. Um, I don't know if you guys saw uh, as of today. Uh, a judge uh, issued an order about the um, the strikers. Basically, the John Deere factory asked for a restraining order against the strikers, and they fucking got it. So they got a temporary restraining order, and basically it details the behavior of the strikers. So they are not, uh, let's see here, it, um, uh, only four picketers at a time near the gates of the plant, and the order also banned the use of chairs and barrel fires and prohibited picketers from harassing or intimidating people entering and leaving the plant. 
Uh, so basically completely pulled the teeth out of all striking because that's what striking is supposed to be about. It's not just you're not working. You are disrupting the flow of business and uh, you should be harassing the shit out of the scabs who cross the picket line. That's all right. The Teamsters are on it, I'm sure. We'll see, because again, this is this is a this is a court order. They can't do shit about that. Oh no, no, no! That's not what I'm saying. Is that the Teamsters are continuing to stand up for John Deere, um, and uh, they won't probably be delivering anything to the plants. That's assuming the Teamsters are in charge of the trucks that are running deliveries. They might not be. Lots of trucking is not Teamster. That is true, but uh, a lot of those parts come from out of the country, and all of our ports are are Teamsters. So there's, I'm assuming there's going to be a lot of stuff like not happening. Maybe this John Deere one is going really, um, it's going really badly for the workers actually. Um, it is unfortunately, but also John, John Deere made over a billion in profit last year alone. Um, they'll have no problem holding out for a year on these strikes. Uh, Part of the, the issue that we're also seeing is that the farmers are are getting together and they're really pushing for the John Deere workers to go back to work because they are coming to the end of their planting season. This is the time when they buy uh, Mm -hmm. new equipment. This is the time where they start to sow lots of, uh, of crop for next year. This is when they get their, their crop loans. This is when they get their, their insurances. This is an extremely busy time for them and the government is is a big part of that because they they guarantee the crops in terms of like if you had a uh, an entire crop that failed like the government would actually pay you instead of letting you go under mm-hmm. um but they have to get that in the ground by a certain date and those times are coming up and so i think we're seeing a lot of that pressure being put from a lot of different places uh on the john deere workers and it's not like the john deere workers weren't offered uh, anything at all. Uh, but I think the real crux of the argument here was that, that they were actually mostly trying to to help not just themselves, but but any future workers. Mm-hmm. They were initially offered five to six percent uh, for all the workers, plus three uh, percent raises in 2013, uh, 2023 and 2025 premium free health care plan. Um, and then also cost of living adjustments and guaranteed retirement bonuses and things like that. But the the way that they were going to classify employees changed and uh, employees after hired, excuse me, employees hired after November 1st would be uh, only receiving matching contributions to a 401k as opposed to a pension plan like anyone who had been hired previous to that. Their two-tiered system in terms of their uh, their workers would continue. And so that's one of their giant things that they're contesting here is not necessarily their own benefits, but benefits going forward for anyone else. Mm -hmm. That's also partially why Kellogg started their strike uh, was because of this change in how they classify employees and the benefits of anyone that is uh, hired going forward. And the change in that that structure uh, would greatly change how people got paid. Even though, like most of the workers at the Kellogg plant, 
are reportedly making like eighty to one hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year, but they're having to do that by working seven days a week, twelve hour shifts. Yeah, sometimes as long as eighteen to twenty four hour shifts because they're last minute being told, uh, "I'm sorry, but you can't go home. You have to stay and take this uh, a double shift." Yep, which is actually legal. Uh, it I is. Have, it absolutely have, is legal. I've worked is crazy. in a workplace that that did that. I've had when I was emergency dispatch, we had to do uh, private sector. By the way, we had to do uh, forced overtime, and I thought that was absolute garbage. And your it only is. way out of it is to quit. Um, and, and I mean, they're getting paid decently. Don't get me wrong, but mm. a, a single worker making eighty thousand dollars a year in a factory is the best in the nation. That's as yeah. good as it gets. That's actually very good pay. Now. The the problem is is that the if they are allowed to uh, reclassify their workers, like thirty percent of their workforce uh, for Kellogg could be transitioned into a lower bracket, which would reduce their pay by up to twelve dollars an hour, which is which is crazy. I think even without that, right? Uh, yes, that is obviously that's what they're going for, but. Even if the workers were, were, there was nothing coming to their salaries, right? Because again, if they're making sixty to eighty thousand dollars a year, yeah. that's very good work for where for 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 industrial work like that. That's good pay. That's good pay for anyone anywhere in the country. Honestly, I, I make half that. That's great pay. That doesn't it matter. Is. That it does doesn't matter. matter. No, it- workers have the right to dictate their work environments. They have the right to dictate and negotiate for pay, and they have Absolutely. the right to maintain their health insurance and standard of living. And so, just because—and I know this is not your point—but it's what's being reiterated yeah. about their pay is, well, they're making plenty of money. So, what are they bitching about? Well, they're bitching about that getting taken away. And again, it doesn't matter. It's kind of like that. It's kind of like the birth control debate, you know, where I always hate it when when there's you know lots of activists like to come out and be like, well, I use my birth control for this and I. I use it for that. It's not just about it's like it doesn't matter. And, and I don't like deflecting to that because using your birth control for anything is your right and it doesn't matter why. It does not matter if you're using your birth yeah. control to not get pregnant or you're using your birth control for skin complexion or you're using it for a or control your periods. Whatever a woman is ever or a person with a uterus is needing to do with birth control, it does not matter. It shouldn't be up for debate. And I don't like that that has to be used to legitimize it. Birth control should be your right as a human being, and it doesn't fucking matter what you do with it. And it's the same thing. Like, because you make a decent living wage means suddenly collective bargaining shouldn't be your right? Bullshit. Yeah. And and I wasn't trying to say that. No, I, I know was you're getting, not. My, yeah. And I was getting to the point of that in two of these cases, a majority of the reason why they're striking is not because they weren't going to keep good benefits and, and good pay, but anyone in the future wasn't going to to get those same benefits and pay. And that was a huge deal for them. And that makes sense. And those are the people we really should be fighting for. It's not just for us today, but we should be fighting for anybody in the future. And I really like that. Yeah. One of the things I noticed that I really like is I read this article in The Guardian from a guy named Hamilton Nolan about the strikes. And he wrote, Americans aren't used to this. Everyone over the age of 30 is still working through a neoliberal psychological hangover, a deeply rooted resignation in the face of long-running primacy of the shareholder class. That feeling is the product of decades of Democratic politicians who have mostly seen organized labor as a group that is supposed to write them checks, shut up, and be happy they're not actively trying to crush them like the Republicans are. And I really liked that, um, because clearly the Republicans have been uh, anti-union, anti-worker forever. You know, this has long histories going back because 
conservatives don't like organized labor. Uh, there's a reason why in Europe, the liberal parties and the socialist parties are called labor parties. Labor is the common man. Labor is the average Joe. Labor is progressive, typically, um, because conservative means holding power and resources at the top. And the, that doesn't jive uh, with workers. Um, in this country, it's been a misnomer. The Republicans have somehow gotten their hands and, and claws into the blue collar class. Again, I think a lot of that has to do with religiosity. I think you're absolutely right on that front. Yeah, the Republicans managed to get rid of all the meat and only have the potatoes. They, they don't do anything for the working class, but they co-opted the culture. I mean, the Republicans with, with people who are wage laborers is kind of like someone in a slutty Indian costume for Halloween. Like, it, it's a complete appropriation of that. They've taken pickup trucks and hard work and overalls and country music and, and, and Jesus and every single thing American working class people loved with the exception of the ability to feed their families or make sure their children don't die. Mm -hmm. They've sold them on the idea of, uh, of we are just one of you guys. All yeah. these rich upper class uh, Republicans have basically, like you said, co-opted the culture and used it just to, to imprint this idea on, on poor working class people that not only are they one of them, but they have their best interest in heart. And if they just follow them and work hard enough, eventually they're all going to be rich millionaires too. Absolutely. That that's what they're going for is and there's you know, how was Sarah Palin was constantly talked about Joe's six pack and it, it's this country bumpkin appeal for it. And unfortunately, again, because the religious right Joe the is plumber. so involved it was with Joe this, the plumber. Yes, it was. But, but she was constantly using the phrase Joe six pack in her speeches before Joe the plumber ever happened. Oh. And that was always kind of the joke is like is she just appealing to the alcoholics? <laughs> and so the answer was yes. Yeah. But that's the thing. So again, it's a co-opting of culture. And again, I really think that the religious right has a big hand in this. And 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 unions are as American as apple pie, and the Republicans have taken it away and, and changed that. They've twisted that message into they'll use words like entitlement culture. You know, they, they call things like Social Security and entitlement. It's like, you're goddamn right I'm entitled to it. I've been working since I was 12 years old. I'm paying into Social Security my entire life. Right. I will absolutely be entitled to that, you piece of shit. They're not going to not be entitled to their pensions. When those senators leave office, that's for damn sure. Uh, so the, the Republican Party has cracked down on these guys because, again, it's for corporate profit. And the Democratic Party, like we talk all the time, you know, the Democratic Party is just the Republican Party with a coexist bumper sticker slapped on it. I've said that on Twitter. That That, that is just the most apt description I can think of. They serve the same masters. And the Democratic Party has no interest in strong unions either. And they never did. you got to remember, even when the parties swapped, FDR days, the Democrats were the parties of elitists. You know, yeah. th that, that charge that the Republicans typically make, that Democratic politicians are elitists, is accurate. It really is. It's the one thing that you can say people like Sarah Palin and stuff were right about Obama. He's a Harvard educated fucking lawyer. He didn't start from there. Like, yes, his roots are, are, are working class, but that's where he ended up. And the democratic party is nothing but wealthy lawyers, pretty much with the exception of like the squad. That's yeah. who they are. Now, don't get me wrong. A majority of the Republicans are wealthy lawyers as yeah, well. Yeah, that was going to be my, my, my critique. This is like but they are the party that says wealth is good. Like, that, that's okay. That fits their narrative. That fits their their um, their aesthetic. The Republican Party says money is good. Get your money. Fuck everyone else. Like So having wealthy lawyers in the Republican Party isn't against them. But the Democrats have, have found this. They are the party of the elite, but now they've had to pretend like they're not. 
because the Republicans have used that against them. And because the Republicans are so anti-labor, unions have had to default to supporting the Democratic Party. And the Democrats don't really like them. And so, yeah, they've been happy to be like, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll take the support of the nurses unions, I guess, and all of this. But they have no interest in it. And as we can see right now, all this is going on. What's Biden done for labor? What has the Biden-Harris campaign or administration done at all for labor, except for force everyone to go back to work and take away programs that help people? Sorry, there has been a whole lot of rhetoric of that he is behind the unions. Well, uh-huh. that, I was, that's the point I was going to make is just just like the Republicans have sold the working class on this idea that they have their back. Like I mentioned last week, Democrats have sold unions and minorities on this idea that they're the ones that they should back. This is the one case where I think it's the best case of political branding succeeding I've ever seen is with both these parties. They have sold their bases on the idea that they're the ones to go with and the other parties are the ones that are fucking them over. And they have all bought it hook, line and sinker, despite all the evidence to the contrary. That's the thing that gets me. You know, I'm not even sitting here saying that the working class should all be voting Democrat, but they sure as fuck shouldn't be voting conservatives for, 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 I'm sorry, Republicans. I mean, conservative over Republican, really, like no, no conservative has ever had a working class best interest at heart. Yeah, uh, no conservative politician is interested in the working class, even though it makes up the majority of their voting base. Well, one of the things I wanted to mention, too, is that we talked about manipulating the culture. One of the things I think that's also part of the right wingers is and it's not that hard to see. We talked about Mother Teresa, right? And she's got that that fetish for suffering. That, that's not just unique to Mother Teresa. I see it all the time on the religious right is this idea of like Jesus suffered. And so suffering is in some way good. And, and it translates very easily into this idea, this narrative of all you have to do is work your ass off to the bone. And, you know, by the time you're 80, you might've accumulated enough wealth that, you know, you can only work 30 hours a week instead of, you know, 90. But like that mentality exists Everywhere, of course, but mostly on the right. And I don't think it's a hard when you're talking about in terms of the culture. I think when you are so invested in a religion, uh, I think that's part of it. There's all these other, you know, social and cultural things that get wrapped up into it and, and become almost the same. You know, that's why so many people go like claim to be uh, Christians, but go against the teachings of Christ. It's not about literal teachings. It's about their own culture and what they've co-opted. Well, it's because Western Christianity has nothing to do with Christianity. No, it was very much like the the, the Holy Roman Empire, and you know, in, in East Germany, it was not holy, it was not Roman, and it was barely an empire. Like, you know, but it was branding. It worked out really well because they were descended from popes, but it wasn't the same. You know, the Holy Roman Empire of Germany had nothing to do with ancient Rome. It was a completely separate governmental organization. Same thing is what they call themselves Christians, but American Christians have no interest in, in anything. You read those four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And tell me how any of that fits the conservative narrative. Yeah. Because you can debate whether or not Christ ever existed. You can debate whether or not he was the son of God. You can debate anything. But you cannot debate what is written in the official text. And you cannot debate the impact it has had on our society. What we have is conservatives worshipping a brown-skinned peacemonger who whipped bankers and was anti-slut-shaming and anti-war and anti-capitalism. And they want to sit here and pretend it was a rich white guy holding an AK on top of a fucking suburban. And that's not what it is at all. It's a completely opposite mindset. It does not jive with capitalism. 
but it doesn't matter because it has become its own religion. American, especially American, but Western Christianity. And when I say Western, I'm talking about American, British, German Protestantism, right? Yeah. You know, we're, yeah. we're talking about Lutherans and, and, and Church of England and Methodists and, you know, the, the, the major Protestant Western churches. They've become a white-centric, money-oriented, capitalistic supporting organization. It has nothing to do with the religion, you know? And again, that's fine. It can be its own thing. But then stop calling yourselves true Christians because you're not. You don't practice that at all. At all. No. Judeo-Christianity is pro-abortion by the way the torah specifically states that if the mother's life will be detrimental abortion is a-okay texas says no well then you're not abiding by the you can't even say you're a, like again there's an argument to be made that no we should never be basing laws on the bible number one but even then if you want to do that you shouldn't have this law like there's no way around it and so what we really have is the culture of white nationalism and they just brand it as christianity but that's all it is i one hundred percent agree. <laughs> um, but back to the labor. Sorry for the aside, but I think it's worth mentioning in the context it because it, it's one of the many tools that politicians use. Religion has always been one of the many tools politicians use to manipulate their base, and it's not just Republicans that do this. I also want to be clear about that before we go on back to labor. Democrats do this all the fucking time. I don't mm-hmm. believe for a second most of the presidents we've got are God fearing Christians. I think at best they're deists, and most likely there many of them are atheists. Most educated, well-read people are atheists. And there's a reason for that, because the more you read, especially the fucking Bible, as we discussed, the less you believe in the shit. I would be I would be willing to believe that many of them are American Christians. Mm. I, I don't know. I just I, I don't buy Gun-toting it. Gun-toting Jesus in the Escalade? I, I don't know. I, I'm a little more on the, the side of, of Matt with this, because, simply because yeah. I, I just don't see it. And you can't right or left. It doesn't right, left or center. You cannot get elected to public office in this country if you do not believe in a deity. Simple as that. Oh, very much so. I just I happen to think that a majority of the not 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 all of them, um, but I would say more than half of conservative Republican senators and and probably around that too, Democratic senators too, do believe in shitty american jesus like i don't believe it's a good faith but plenty of faiths suck um scientologists aren't really up to much good look at the mormons my god look what the church of latter-day saints is up to but they believe they're assholes but they believe it's a cult but they believe and i do even if they're not dedicated in their beliefs i mean let's face it like what is like over 80 percent of the country is still theistic yeah, unfortunately. Law of averages. I'm sorry. If, he, if they were a majority atheist, I actually think we'd have a lot more ethics in, in, in the Senate than we do. Atheism doesn't correlate to being ethical. It just doesn't. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't. But now, I'm saying, if you're I don't a secular humanist, such, then yes. But what I'm saying is we wouldn't see so much religious emphasis on this. Well, but being Christian also doesn't correlate to being moral either. What? No way. You're telling me Joel Olstein isn't walking on water out there. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Marjorie Taylor Greene is is not a uh, moral human being. <laughs> God, no. But I'll bet she's got faith. Uh, <laughs> she's got something. I mean, <laughs> but like, so, but that, and I agree with that. That is a good background. And, and background's important because, again, we have to think this is not an anomaly. This isn't just like, well, COVID happened and everyone went crazy, right? It's not because we got here for very specific reasons. Like, there's been a gap in wages and profits. Well, there's been a gap in wages and profits being 
juxtaposed to cost of living that's been growing since the 80s. Yeah, and we and, talked and about that exponentially before. growth. Yeah, this this gap has never stopped growing. Again, this happened after the the age of unions died. Reagan was kind of Reagan gets a lot of credit for killing unions with his air worker strike, but Reagan was the nail in the coffin. It was already on the decline, uh, especially in the auto market. And then yeah, Reagan comes through, kills the air worker strike, and all of a sudden, literally orders people back to work or they'll be arrested. Which I mean, literally, that's that's fucking slavery. If you're going to lock people up for not going to their job, but beyond that. That was definitely the kind of final death throw of, of union power in this country. And it's been gone. And in its absence, that gap has grown. And, and then on top of that, we already have this gap. And then a global pandemic shows up. And what does it do? It shows the American workers two things. First of all, that what you do is vital, right? Everyone's called essential workers. And if no one works at McDonald's, the terrorists win, right? And, you know, we need people in, 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 in the fucking gas stations. And that's legit. We need people at hospitals. That's legit. We need people in grocery stores and trucking and trains. Like, there are jobs that really fucking are essential to the fabric of our society. But then what did we do for them? Some people got a buck an hour raise. A lot of people didn't get shit. They got a fucking flyover from Donnie Trump and told how great they are for a few weeks and then treated like shit. And then their employees basically doesn't matter who you are there's a really good chance that the pandemic did nothing but prove to you that your employer doesn't actually give a shit if you live or die Mm -hmm. for a lot of people Mm -hmm. especially when you continue to go to work every day and then they cut your hours and then they hire somebody else to do the same job for less money Mm -hmm. and then they cut your hours some more and then you have to get a second job to cover the hours that you aren't getting or you're working full time and they've let people go and they're giving you double the workload and not giving yeah. you any more money. So you're constantly burned out. Exactly. Or the other side of the coin. Exactly. And now we're seeing McDonald's with signs that say $15 an hour starting wage. I thought that was impossible. I thought that would break the industry. Right. Uh, actually, I saw one sign, a picture of a sign. It was in front of a McDonald's and it said starting wage. $21 an hour. I saw that too. Which I was flabbergasted to see that sign. Simply flabbergasted. Because $21 an hour for someone to flip burgers? No. But that's oh. what they deserve. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? They we, abs- des- we deserve to have employees that want to go and work at McDonald's and make food for $21 an hour. Absolutely. You don't get to have this both ways. You don't get to tell people that their job is essential and tell them that they're needed and tell them they're vital to the to to a thriving economy. And then when they ask for money to, to back that up, tell them, oh, no, you're just a burger flipper. Fuck you. You don't get it both ways. And I Simple hate the that. idea of you're flipping burgers. Your, your job is bullshit. Yeah, like, I'm sorry. Fuck? Well, here's the thing. Unskilled labor makes this country move like you know who gets paid the least in a hospital the janitor you know who's the most vital for making sure everyone isn't dead from infections in the hospital the fucking the janitor, fucking janitor. Yep. let me tell you something when you go to the hospital if you have a surgery if you have any kind of open wound or anything you better bet your ass you hope the janitor showed up that day yeah. because that's the person who saved your life just as much as the surgeon did yeah 
but they're paid nothing. And then we're told they're shit but jobs more than and they're that, people who don't matter. They're not shit jobs. Here's the thing. And we call it unskilled labor, but there's skills to it. There's a that. trading process. There's things you need to learn. There's a whole slew. And, and even with the progress of modern technology, you have to be computer literate if you want to work at a, at, at a fast food place now. Not to mention the fact the shit that you have to put up with dealing with the public in any way, right. shape, or form, form is one of the worst fucking jobs imaginable. And well, it's not yes, for the but- 30 out of, out, of, out of 40 people that you're going to get that are nice. It's for the 10 out of the 40 that are fucking awful and treat you like human garbage. But I don't have a problem with the term unskilled labor because unskilled labor isn't referring to the labor having no value. It's simply deferring whether or not labor needs a, cert- a certification. And Correct. to be fair, you don't need the same certification to be a doctor as you do to cut a lawn. Both are vital, both are have dignity, and both deserve a living wage. But and while you're, a, while you're absolutely right, though, people hear that most the average person doesn't know that, Chris. So that's, yes, that's but the that, reason, that is an, the problem that people not it's, the problem is not the term because no matter what the term was for the division between certified labor and uncertified labor, it wouldn't matter because the point is the conservatives and the capitalists have made a shameful remark on that is that yeah. we have we have taken people who again we've talked about this before you know at the industrial revolution and before people were all craftsmen if yeah. you needed shoes you went to the fucking shoe cobbler if you needed meat you didn't go to the you didn't have a supermarket you went to the fucking butcher and then you went to the farmer who had a farmer's market and you bought things from the people who either grew them fashioned them produced them or procured them from somewhere else and, and brought them in because they knew what they were doing you bought everything you did and you had to better have a skill or a trade Mm-hmm. You know, if you wanted to do anything, mm-hmm. everyone did. And then automation happens, factory work happens, cities get dense, and labor is instead of somebody creating a product, people are divided from the work that they do. They are separated from it. It becomes piecemeal and monotonous. And that was by design because then anybody can be replaced at any time. If you're trying to make fucking shoes and you got 10 shoe cobblers working for you, cobbling shoes, and if some guy goes, fuck you, I'm out of here, and he gets out of here, well, you're down a shoe cobbler. And that's on you. You now have less production because you pissed off your guy. But if every single person is doing one tiny piecemeal part of the job, you can replace that guy and train him in a day. And that's by design. And then they made us act disrespectful towards that. There was there was a there was a shame that was brought on unskilled labor because of that. And it was for that same reason is to make us think that we don't have to pay that person. That person is less deserving. And it's a very it's not even an American thing. It's a capitalist thing. The British started that. Yeah. We just perfected it. But yeah. again, that's and that's how you end up with Jeff Bezos in these Amazon death factories. You know, well, they're bringing jobs. No, they're bringing misery. Well, and that's always the the line is like, these these are job creators. Okay, it doesn't matter if the jobs are slave labor that pay you shit. Okay, a million slave labor jobs with shit pay doesn't boost the economy. It just widens that gap and it keeps yeah. widening it. And, and again, mark our and words. This is not coming. sustainable. Yeah, this is not sustainable. This is yeah. not sustainable unless something changes. The working class are going to continue to get the shaft and. When people are starving and dying and and can no longer feed themselves or their families, all the rhetoric rhetoric in the world isn't going to change anything. With automation, not only are we something that that terrifies me is not only we are going to lose jobs, right? Because we're we have this misnomer, we're like oh, we need jobs, job creators, jobs are what we need, economies need jobs. It's like the good jobs are toast, and these jobs we're getting again, things like Amazon warehouses and WalMarts 
are not jobs worth having. And just like Matt said, if everyone is working a shit job with no money, that does not help the economy. Economies, especially large capitalist economies, don't work when everyone has when all the money is concentrated at the top. The economy you cannot profit if no one can buy your product. But what worries me more is when automation comes towards things like the police force. And I know that sounds like sci-fi, but we're not far. The Pentagon's already being able to put sniper rifles on robot dogs. So what happens when the automation gets so good that no workers are needed in any warehouses? And what happens when the use of force now has to transfer from all human to only some human hands? What will people do then to rise up? How will you fix anything? We are we are skyrocketing at full velocity towards uh, an absolute capitalist hellscape. Well, we've talked about it before. What what the the big one that's coming up and it's coming quicker than anyone wants to talk, address is drivers. Truck drivers represent millions of jobs in this country alone, and self driving cars are on the way. They're here now. Where the technology is currently in existence, working and being implemented. Eventually, there's not going to be a need for drivers, and there's th- hundreds of thousands to millions of people that are going to be out of a job because th- their particular skill is no longer going to be needed. It's going to be automated, and we have no way to address that. We're going yeah. to see all of them out Trucking on the street a without a job. Huge industry. Yep, trucking is a huge industry and a huge union. Like Kay was talking with the Teamsters. Yeah, I-, I actually think that that is much further off than a lot of other industries. First. As manufacturing becomes uh, more efficient, I think that that's where we're going to see our greatest culling of labor is in simple manufacturing. Because, oh, yeah, 100%. Because but now I, we now we don't just have machines, we have fully automated machines. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think you're right. I think we are going to see manufacturing the first one, but I think people, things like truck driving and transportation are going to be right behind it. They're the next one after it, and they represent an even bigger portion of the market yeah. share. Uh, well, uh, in terms of numbers of people, no, they don't. Um, really? Truck? No, trucking is not nearly. There's still more as, people in manufacturing than trucking. Oh God, yes. Abso-freaking-lutely. Well, I don't have the numbers in front not, of me. I'm not saying trucking. I'm saying transportation. So trucking, busing, and, um, and yes, like taxis, right? Still, that kind of thing. There's still more people in manufacturing. Huh. Fair enough. I, I actually assumed we'd already so called- 3.6 million uh, professional truck drivers in the United States, according to the American Trucking Association. All right, but how You're many people are working in manufacturing plants? Because well, well, that number could be higher. I got no skin in this game. I'm not sure. I assumed, but I have nothing to back me up. Okay, you're right. Uh, and here it is, million. ladies and gentlemen. This is what the all left does. We fact check on the spot. Yeah, twelve point eight million people, uh, and that's that's a that's a conservative estimate. Yeah, and that was that was based in t- twenty nineteen. Sorry. So roughly three times the amount of people in manufacturing that are in transportation. Fair enough. And then also think about the people in the service industry because that's yeah. not going to disappear. I I think that the service industry will actually be next. Yeah, because look what's happening with, I mean, how many restaurants are going to where you literally order food from a tablet or from a kiosk? How many, you know, self-checkout? I mean, the service industry is is, is already getting cold. So at my local Vons or uh, supermarket, they just installed a, a Starbucks and three lanes of self-checkout stands. 
Now, I personally, I refuse to use these machines. I hate them. All they do is keep people from working, in my opinion. And yes, they are slightly more convenient if you have a small number of things and you want to just check out and leave. I understand that. I still refuse to use them because I want to have the service of having someone check me out because I want to ensure their job because that's the way I see that. When I go to uh, an establishment, my girlfriend and I, we just went and uh, bought a couch for her house, right? And we had a a very nice uh, young 20-year-old that helped us uh, uh, pick out a couch and, and, you know, get everything set. I don't want to just go to a tablet or go online and order that thing. I want that attention. But we are moving further and further towards getting rid of those jobs. Mm-hmm. It, they tried to do it in uh, in uh, McDonald's. They've tried to do it in Taco Bell. They've tried to do it in other large restaurant chains where they have a kiosk. And then the guy at the counter would say, you can use the kiosk to, to order your food. You know, oh, we can't take your order here. You have to use the kiosk. And every time I went into those places, I would refuse. I don't want to use that thing. I'm not going to use that thing. You're going to take my order. Um, And they go, okay, fine. And I understand that the person that is telling me this is not telling me because they want me to use the kiosk. They're telling me because that's that's what their boss is Mm -hmm. telling them that they have to do. But and here's the thing: I don't. I don't think what you're doing is wrong. It's not a solution um, because it's the puzzle's already been lost. But this, it, yeah, and you're absolutely right. But at least if I do it, hopefully other people will do it, and they'll still see that people still want that personal interaction for those things. Well, they don't care. People that's want personal the, interaction. Yeah, they don't it's give about a shit convenience. What you Sorry, as the technology progresses, it's going to become much more convenient for the consumer to do things that way. And and it, it always goes that way. A good example of this is look what happened with gaming. Uh, was it like five years ago? It was just before this new console generation, the, the last console generation during like the new Xbox series. One of the big things Microsoft was trying to do was push people away from buying uh Actual physical copies. Physical they, games, yeah. They, they yeah wanted physical people, media. And there was such a backlash that they had to redo everything. They had to pull back everything they wanted to do. They had to redo everything. And look what's happened now. Digital is dominating the market. It's a growing. It's growing up because the thing is, is it's convenient for people. The it's fact that you don't, own, yeah, because the fact that you it don't is. own a hard copy anymore doesn't matter to anybody because When's it's the last always time you there. Bought a CD. I yeah. sell my hard copies actually, uh, for the very reason that I I can still resell them. But even that business is tanking. GameStop isn't going to be around much yeah. longer. It's Reselling going to them doesn't to... matter. No, no yeah, one cares. Yeah. You're going to buy them for ten cents a piece. When's yeah. the last time you bought a Blu-ray or a yeah. DVD? Yep. Or yep. any kind of physical media? Yeah, I have a shelf of DVDs that collect dust because everything's digital. I, I it's either in my one of my subscriptions, or I just fucking pirate it. But I don't I don't need a physical copy of shit anymore. No. And the biggest uh, barrier to that used to be uh, physical storage, right? Mm-hmm. So you couldn't put a CD's worth of of music on your computer reliably and yeah. then tell you could. And then you could put tens of thousands of them 
And then eventually it was, you couldn't put a Blu-ray, and then you couldn't put a this, and then... And now you don't even have to have the storage. Now you buy access, you buy rights. And so when you go on iTunes or anything, or or, or Spotify or whatever you're using to get music, or Amazon Music, you're purchasing the rights, so that way you don't even have to store it. If your whole house burns down, you can access it again. It's actually a beautiful system. It's great. Um, I just... It's just being used by the worst actors because that's the thing is, is is this automation is a good thing. I actually want McDonald's to run on kiosks. That's great. I also want the food to start coming on kiosks. I want ever. I want all of this to be on. I would like all yeah. all possible forms of menial labor that are not rewarding to be mechanized. We don't Absolutely. fucking need it. But what we the, the answer is to do things like instill UBI. Yeah. Uh huh. We need people to be taken care of because we're moving into a job market and we are there. We're, we're, we're on that cusp right now. This is in the next 20 years, 20 years from now, the job market's going to look very different than it does today. And there's not going to never not be a need for human labor. There's going to be tons of need for human. Labor. You're still going to need mechanics. You're still going to need doctors. You're still going to need wait, you know, waiters in higher end restaurants are still going to be needed. Um, you're going to need human interaction for lots of stuff. You know, government employees, like you're, you're going to need humans. It's not going to disappear, but we can take human equate. We take the humans out of the equation for manual and menial labor. People don't Absolutely. need to lose hands and machines anymore. It doesn't need to fucking happen. People don't need to burn their skin in a fucking deep fryer making minimum wage for some Karen to spit on them. We don't need that. Fast food workers have one of the worst jobs in the world. Well, Worst jobs in the country. I mean, there's people getting their hands cut off in fucking Elon Musk's emerald mines. But in America, the food service industry is one of the worst there is. Talk to anyone who's worked fast food, and they'll tell you what an awful fucking job is. I've worked multiple fast food jobs, and I've worked plenty of retail jobs. All three of us have. They're demeaning, and people treat you like shit. You are paid the least amount of money for a high amount of work and a huge amount of disrespect. And for a job that will replace you in a heartbeat. And we're heading there real soon. And is this going to look like a nation where the government takes care of people's basic needs? Or is this going to become a hellscape where everyone is eating each other? Because look at the, there's a, God, there was that, that movie Elysium that came out, what, five, six years ago? Oh, oh yeah, that. That, that Matt Damon movie. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, a yeah. fantastic movie. And that is the future we're heading to a massive unemployed populace. That lives by dog eat dog, a tiny percentage of people who are employed and an even tinier percentage of people who live above the clouds. That that's where we're going. And if nothing changes, that's 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 directly our, our very near future. We will all be alive to see that. Yeah. That you're you're absolutely not wrong. Well, and 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 when we talk and when I say we need a massive upheaval now revolution to end capitalism this is why i this is why i advocate for that because the consequences of not doing it are more dire in my opinion well i think a big part of the problem too is there's we talked about branding but there's what part of that is politicians and and ceos really have sold workers on this idea that unions are bad it's like you pay 20 bucks out of your paycheck and 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 that's awful that's horrible they just want to take your money yeah um and oh and and, and bad workers (laughs) will never get fired bad workers will never get hired and you know what that's true but you know what also happens good workers don't get fired 
people that work their ass off don't get fired and don't get let go. And and you know what? I, I I've worked with shitty workers before. If dealing with there's a guy I used to know named Joe. I'm just going to call him Joe. If dealing with three Joes means that all the other workers get to keep their job and don't get screwed by corporate asshats making shitty decisions, it's fucking worth it. I don't give a shit. And here's the thing. It's what's the purpose of the union busting? Right? Cause we've all, I, I actually worked at Walmart once temporarily as a seasonal job. Cause I had no other choice. It was terrible. But I remember there's orientation videos telling you how terrible union are. It's the same with most retail establishments. Most like Target does that. Amazon has a huge like snitching policy where you get bonuses for ratting out your coworkers and shit if they're trying to talk about unions. And it's like, okay, the idea like, well, they're just we're trying to stop you from getting ripped off. It's like, when was the last time a retail employee gave two shits about whether or not an employee lost 20 fucking dollars? They don't. If your employer is going out of their way to stop unions, that's because they're scared and they should be scared. And that means it benefits you. Anything your employer is terrified about and is clamping down on is something that is to your benefit at their loss. End of story. Every time. And if you were in a union, the 3 to 5% raise that you would probably receive during your first bargaining would easily pay for any, any charge that the union uh, charged you to actually bargain on your behalf. And your union is going to bargain for you to have terrific benefits. They're going to bargain for you to make sure that you're getting paid better. And on top of that, they're also going to bargain against abuses. They're going to make sure you're not getting ripped off by your employees. They're going to fight for you when you're sexually harassed or assaulted at work. They're going to fight for you when your paycheck comes up short. They're going to fight for you when you're fired for retaliation reasons. Like, Unions are there to make sure that's all they are. They are just don't get fucked over insurance and it's worth every penny. And when you do have bad employees that are legitimately shitty employees, that doesn't mean that they can't be fired. No, it just means that they have to have really good, solid reasons to fire these people. Yeah. And, and if a management team is doing their job properly, Finding and getting those kinds of evidences on those kinds of people is not that difficult because those people don't make it that difficult. But it's to stop you from firing your secretary because they didn't put out or fire that guy over there because he's got too much melanin in his skin. Yeah. Or that you had to go because you had to go and help your mom or because you had to take your grandma to the doctor or or a thousand other things. Or because you reported your supervisor for doing something. Yeah. This is what they save you from. Like, they save you from all of the real heartache that is associated with being an employee. Yeah. That's hey, what yeah. it saves you from. And, 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 remember, and you guys remember how all of you with kids woke up and your kids didn't have to fucking go to work in a sweatshop? Fucking unions. Remember how you woke up and you had a 40 hour work week? Fucking unions. Remember how, how we have weekends? Unions. Remember how we have an eight hour work day? Most people, unions, unemployment benefits, unions, workers' compensation laws, unions, employer-based health coverage, unions, family and medical leave acts, unions. All of this stuff came because of unions. It wasn't because corporations decided, hey, we can be really competitive if we offer things that other corporations. No, they're in this together. When, when When one of them can be shitty, all of them will be shitty. Period. End of story. The reason that workers have it as good as they do right now is because unions fought and fought and fought. And now we're losing ground. 
every single day because we've let that slide. We we bought into this idea as a country that union uniting as workers to go against people that don't have it in your best interest is somehow a bad thing. Well, and, and mm-hmm. some might say like, well, okay, so we're going to support you, but support is great. We need more than just support of unions. And here's where I'm going to go into the, what can we do about it? Uh, because unions make up about 12% of the American workforce. Supporting 12% doesn't make actual changes. It's, it's not nearly enough. So yeah, union, union they're always good. If you support, see strikers and you give them water, give them food, anything you can do to help people who are striking, you always should. But what we really need is for you to unionize your workplace. And it's it's hard work to complete it, but it's actually easy to start. It just takes getting some coworkers together who are fed up with the same shit you are and, and pick up a phone to a local union, whatever industry you're in, pick up a phone and call the local union because union leaders will not just be willing, but they'll be overjoyed to give you great advice and walk you through the process of getting your coworkers organized. And when the boss comes for you, they'll step in and hold a vote. Boom. If you, if you did your part and people are tired of the status quo, you'll have created a unionized job and you're done and they're out. It's that simple. Call your union, call the, find out what local unions are around you. Assuming you're not in a shithole state like North Carolina Carolina, or a couple of other ones that are fucking right to work states where collective bargaining is actually outlawed. But if you're not in one of those minority of states, unionize your workplace, get your coworkers together, start talking about this stuff because a union only serves you. Start talking to local unions about how to join them because that's what happens. You don't just, you know, like, well, there's only 12 employees at the small company. We can't form our own unions. No, it's not about that. You join up with a bigger union because all you're doing is getting the big guns on your side because that big giant fucking union who you think doesn't care about you very much cares about you. It's your boss that doesn't care about you. If you're getting treated like shit at work, start talking to your coworkers about unionizing. Start talking about things like walkouts, calling in sick outs. Let me tell you something. People think, well, it's a small company. The smaller the company, the easier it is to do this. Mm-hmm. Unionizing Amazon is really fucking hard. Unionizing your local restaurant? Oh, man, that's super fucking easy. Get 10 people to call out sick on the same fucking day. Watch that boss shit himself. That is how you do it. And again, there's a million ways to do this, and I'm not going to tell you how to do them all because I don't know them all. I'm not a fucking lawyer or a union rep. Call your local union rep. This is how you can do it. This is how we can fix things. If we can start getting labor organized, maybe we can prevent the festering shithole that we are skyrocketing towards right now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and unions in general too. Like I, I'm part of SEIU, which is a Service Employees International Union. And, and they represent everyone across healthcare um, and retail and uh, uh, food workers, things like that. They, they represent all kinds of different workers from all walks of life. It's a very generalized union, but they're one of the biggest out there and they have a lot of weight. They have teams of lawyers uh, ready to represent you. All you have to do is to, like, like Chris said, all you got to do is call them. All you got to do is talk to them. They'll be happy to pass you to whoever will best serve your needs. So speaking of serving my needs, Matt, what's in the sack today? Do some labor. Open up that mailbag. <laughs> um, shit, I didn't have. I, that's what I forgot to do. Sorry. Okay. You're going to have to edit this part out. My apologies. No, he's on strike. I told you I'm on fucking strike. Not happening. And I support K strike. Okay. So first things first. You would too, uh, if you weren't such an oppressor. uh so the poll uh we put the uh poll out there like you said i actually reposted the one uh with with the uh 
asking why people they chose their candidates. We got a lot more responses. Still, the number one option that was chosen is that the closest to what what they believe. Which honestly, good on you if you voted for that. Uh, you know, even if I don't like the candidates you're voting for, if you're voting your conscience, good. Yeah, that's the way you should be voting. Do your thing. Uh, but then the the really sad ones were tied for to stop the other side, and I don't know, and that breaks my heart. That really that's does. exactly what I expected. I told you. Yeah, I told you that that was going to be one. Yep. Yeah, was I was I I voted against this person, not for the other. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. As much as I don't like Joe Biden, if you think Joe Biden's actually great, if you looked at that guy and you were like, nope, that's that's the answer. That guy's fucking awesome, and I like him. I am never going to shame you for that vote. You voted your conscience, and you did what you wanted, right? That's great. What I'm sad at is people are like, well, I don't really like him, but I just didn't want Trump to be president. It's like, that, yeah, that is. And again, I don't even blame the voter. That is what the Democratic and Republican parties have given us, and it's it's just terrifying and it's sad and. We were to cover this two weeks ago, but yeah, that, that poll turned out about as much as I expected. Same as K. I, I will I'll add on to what you're saying. If you're going to say that Joe Biden is your guy and you actually 100% back him, I'm probably going to have a few follow-up questions for you. Like, I'm going to disagree, but I'm yeah. not going to fault you for voting that way. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to completely support you voting who you think is best. Exactly. And so in the vein of polls, what I'm probably going to be releasing this week is asking people to share with us their... Uh, some of their horror stories from where they worked. I'm sure we're going to get some good ones on this. And I really am curious to, you know, hear different people's feedback on some of the worst places they've worked. And I thought because we're doing an episode on this, we could actually each mention them. Cause I've got some good ones for, uh, from all my uh, uh, food and retail days. What about you guys? I've got a million. I've worked at some of the biggest shitholes in the world. <laughs> so, uh, the, the worst place I ever worked was Lens Crafters. And it really wasn't even that bad. Worst place I ever worked was Life Alert, and that's secondarily tied. The um, second place would have to be tied with uh, HealthNet. I have to think. I'm trying to think of where else I've walked out and discussed. Oh, I once worked for a tool company called Ace Tools, and uh, it was literally just a, a job of ripping off old people for grinding wheels. So yeah, it was basically a scam. Honestly, the retail jobs I had weren't all that bad. The worst job I ever fucking had was for this company called easy sleep and oh fuck it was awful it was a place that did sleep studies but it was just like the people i worked with were the absolute worst people on humanity just sleazy shitty people the company had no fucking direction nobody knew what they were supposed to be doing there uh they were in and out with supervisors constantly every time a new supervisor would come in they'd want to shake things up and they don't they'd always be quick to like you know like we could easily replace you that line i got a lot during that company's time my time with that company rather oh but the best place I ever worked, absolutely hands down best place. You guys probably already know what I'm going to say, but uh, Disneyland. I actually did work at Disneyland for one year uh, when I was uh, 19 years old. For me personally, and I know there's horror stories from from uh, people that have worked there, but I thought it was the best job ever. If I won the lottery and I could convince all my family and friends to move to Anaheim with me, I'd probably go work at Disneyland for the rest of my life. I guarantee if you had to survive alone on that wage, you wouldn't feel that way. Yeah. Well, if I... I in this in this scenario, I'd probably have the, have won the lottery. Like yeah, that's I, the thing I, is, I think but that thing is th- that makes it a bad job. Is is if it doesn't offer a wage that a person can survive on, it's a bad job. 
And, and, I, no, and you're right. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not discounting yeah. your experience. I'm not saying you didn't yeah. have a good time there. I'm saying you had the luxury of not having to put food on your table, keep your lights on and a roof over your head based on that salary. Um, and I think that needs to be taken into account. Well, actually, I, I did have to do that things. I was just able to do it. I got paid decently. I was when I left, I was making 14 bucks an hour. And this was back in 2004. So I, I was doing all right. And I was again, I was. 19 years old and I was rooming with three other guys in a three bedroom spot. Um, so it's not like perfect, but again, I was young and I wasn't really caring about making money because I knew this was just a temporary job. So I had the luxury, like you said, of going in every single day and just appreciating that I was making yeah. the most money I'd ever made at that point at a place I was absolutely loving to go into work every day too. And it, and it may have been a fun job. Yeah. You know, and there are those horror stories. Uh, I mean, I've heard it referred to as Mauschkowitz, to be honest. Yeah, and I've known I've known multiple Disney employees. And again, it is most Disney employees actually love what they do. Once they're clocked in, to, from clocked in to clocked out, they typically have a pretty great time. Most Disneyland employees' uh, gripes are about things like unpaid time to get costume on, yeah. and about unforgiving employers with sick and leave time, and about horrible, and horrible they pay. They have to park off site and and then yeah, no, that who cares about their, their ass into. They have you know, tramps, dude. The bus. Well, no, but uh, like, it's, they either have to really walk or they have to take the tramps. It's gotten much worse because of the parking. Maybe, but I don't know. I've had I've had to work jobs where I had to get bust in. Whatever, yeah. it's part of the gig. Like yeah. that, I think is the least issue of it. I think no, it's, no, but they're still not getting paid for that time either. That's that the issue. And that, but that's what I'm talking about. Time. Is they gotta they gotta park their car and then they gotta get bust in and they're not getting paid for it. Yeah. And that's what's bullshit. But that's that's the kind of crap I think that's because, again, you can treat and that's something that's a misnomer is people think that a shitty job is only one that treats you poorly. You can be treated terrific. But if a job is paying you starvation wages, they don't respect you. Yeah. They don't care about you. Yeah. So don't care about them. Not at all, Anyhow, yeah. give us some of your uh, your stories. Uh, we'd enjoy reading them. Maybe we'll read some on the air. Yep. Yeah, I think we'll, yeah, we'll probably have to. That'll be great. Also, want to know like, don't just give us your worst ones. Give us some of your best ones. Tell us why it was good. Like one of the examples I want to give right now, and why I think unions work is so. My first job in healthcare was working for the county. My current job in healthcare is back working for the county. The same system. In between that, there was about twelve years there where I worked in the private sector. The private sector is absolute horseshit. I barely had any benefits. Half of them never even offered like a 401k or any kind of retirement package. Uh, most of them uh, paid me like 50% less of what the market average was. Currently right now, I have been with this place for back with this place for two years. I am making now again, it's not higher, but I started out making what the market average was. And because I'm in a union, I'm getting a raise every single year. Um, now I have a cap, but the cap is in the six figures. I will eventually be making that much as long as I stick with it. Yeah. I have a retirement account that now after just two years has something like $80,000 in it. I get full medical and dental. Um, I want my wife's, wife's plan for health insurance because she's just got a better plan. She works for the city of LA, but they've also got health coverage there. Multiple options, multiple HMOs and PPOs. It's amazing. Plus I also have a 401k and a 403b I can invest in. Yeah, it's amazing. A union benefits. job will always bring these benefits. I, I, yeah. I again, I used to work at a job um, for a transportation company, and they used loopholes 
because they did do some work at ports of entry that they didn't have to pay anyone any overtime. They worked a six days a week, did not pay any overtime, had huge split shifts. We'd have four and a half, five hour breaks in between our shifts. It was ridiculous. And I quit. It was awful. It, it was a terrible, terrible job. And the, they actually had a vote for unionizing. It barely failed. They finally, I actually know one of the drivers still works there. They finally had a, a, they joined the union like eight months ago. Things immediately improved. Healthcare, overtime pay, working hours, complete switch. We were told the whole time, oh, there's no other way to do it. It cannot happen. Brought a union in, it changed overnight because I couldn't have everyone striking. So anytime you hear from an employer that it can't be done, they can't afford it. McDonald's couldn't pay higher minimum wage because they'd go bankrupt. Well, now it's $21 a fucking hour at some places. You know, oh, you can't pay drivers overtime. Unions here, all of a sudden you can. Anytime you hear that, it's bullshit. It's a lie. And if by some reason you are operating a business that cannot function by paying a living wage, it does not deserve to exist. They should go out of business. Shut your doors. If if the only way you can make money is by exploiting your workers, you do not deserve to be in business. You are a bad business. But regardless of the reasons, whether even if even it's not your fault in the market tanked, it doesn't matter. Whatever the reasons, if you cannot pay your people a real living wage, you don't deserve to be in business. Yeah, agreed. But don't you worry. The alt left will always be in business. We'll be here every week providing you with nuggets of left-leaning politics all the time in your ears, free of charge, and we will always make sure K is paid a living wage. Oh, thank God. We will let him keep living as long as he keeps editing. You're going to start, pay- you're break- gonna start paying me? We're breaking the strike, buddy. Like edit. I said, you're, you're going to start paying me? Into the edit dungeon where you get the hose. I'll take the hose. <laughs> we love you all. Thank you for being here with us. Join us next week. We will be here as always. And until then, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and remember, the revolution is you, and join a union.